You've worked so hard for all the things you have. The salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink. One to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives. Talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Ting Mobile. They are only charging you for the data that you use, and that's why the average Ting bill is only $23 a month, and you can get $25 off of a new phone or $25 off your bill by going to mania.ting.com. This episode is also brought to you by Challenge Mania Live Los Angeles, or Orange County, as some people have instructed us to call it. That is Saturday, September 22nd. We will be joined by Susie Meister, Sarah Rice, Sarah Grayson, Derek Kaczynski, myself, and there are more guests we are still going to announce. That is coming to you on September 22nd from the Brea Improv. Tickets are available, but going fast at challengemania.live. All right. You did not come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, he's the reason they changed the mercenary rule, and now you can get in the house if you win your mercenary matchup. Sorry, D. Mr. Derek Kaczynski, what's up, dude? God, what a bunch of bullshit right hey man you're you know what you are you're like the person you know what like tommy john surgery you know is named after tommy john and that's his legacy we'll be calling pitchers who get that elbow surgery every year he was the first guy to have it done you know and that's his legacy this will be like the kaczynski rule yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Go, kaczynski goes out there has this fucking insane elimination gets totally fucked up doesn't uh-huh. get invited back to the next one uh-huh. and here we are so the next people that 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 in the game, we'll just have them stay in the game. That'd be fucking awesome. And shouts yeah. to the challenge for for the second week in the <laughs> row, teasing us on the next week on with what ends up being the cliffhanger for that episode. A couple weeks ago, they showed us next week on the challenge, you're going to see Brad and Brittany on this FaceTime call. And then we watch the entire episode and it ends with the tease for the Brad and Brittany FaceTime call. Then flash forward to last week where next week it's Hunter, it's Ashley, the mercenaries are back and then we watch this entire episode and the last shot is it's hunter it's ashley next week they're back but it is fun to see those two back on our screen we love ashley she was a great guest on this show she's absolutely hilarious i wonder if she brought her pig with her hamlet shouts to hamlet hamlet and of course hunter barfield ladies and gentlemen who uh man he looked good walking into that uh that arena that armageddon arena he's gonna be a tough guy to knock out next week on the challenge but he will also look good walking into the dc improv on Saturday, October 13th. He is our first announced guest for Challenge Mania Live DC in the nation's capital. Tickets are going
going fast. We only had about half of the meet and greet tickets left, and then we just announced Hunter. If you are coming out to that show and want the meet and greet VIP experience, make sure you act quick. Tickets are available at challengemaniadc.com. D, what did you think of last night's episode? Because we had a really fun episode that was jam-packed with action. It's almost as if they heard the internet going aflutter with complaints that there wasn't enough action, not enough elimination, not enough daily challenges in these episodes. Because we got, essentially, we got an elimination, we got an awesome daily challenge, we got an awesome voting experience led by this mastermind plan by Cam and this awesome supporting actress nomination this awesome supporting actress performance by Sylvia. And then we go back to the Armageddon where we get the nice reveal and the, and the walking in of the new mercenaries. So jam-packed episode. I can't wait to talk about it with you over at our exclusive patron-only podcast. But in abbreviated fashion, D, what did you think of this week's episode? Well, it's, it, I, I feel like I need to watch it again. Okay, you need so to watch we can it three really, times, I think. I, I probably do because the thing is, like, I'm trying to see – Who's voting for who and why? Okay, like who? What? What? What are the alliances? Who's with who? And now they're talking about burn votes, but there's still a strategy behind the burn vote. So, um, if if you're not, some of them don't uh, know how to execute that strategy, and we'll get to that in this in this uh, episode. But they try. Well, a burn vote's like, well, no one's gonna vote for them, you know. But if you're not discussing that with you know your teammates or your alliance. You can really screw somebody over, and we've seen seen that happen in in, in time. So, uh, uh, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I had to go back and watch like the Joss elimin the the Joss and Derek elimination. Why, you know, why? You why know, they picked Joss and Sylvia to be their opponents when they could have picked Angela and Faith? And no slight to Angela and Faith, but you know, Joss and Sylvia are a tough team. Yeah, and we're talking about burn votes, scared game. Like these are these are huge, uh, you know, words uh, being being thrown around that I, I really want to. They're not long uh, words. Want, They're not big words, but in the scheme phrases, of the game, I'm sorry, phrases. In the scheme it, yeah, of the it, game, there. I just yeah, don't want people to be hating on you for saying that that burn is a big word or vote is a big word. People uh, might have some fun with that, but they're, they're, they're big they're, in the scheme of the game. Right, exactly. They're, they're big phrases in the in the scheme of the game, you know. So it's like, you know, I I really want to get in there and and let people know exactly, you know, what I think uh, they're talking about. And what exactly is a scared game in a in a burn? You know, what I mean, like I want to see where all these minds are right now. And it's so hard because the the teams are already at friction, you know. So in in the team, they're not all teams. They're all like separate teams you know they're all playing their own games as individuals but coming together and and at the end we see like brad's like you know brad and kyle are like oh you got kyle revealing information of brad at the very last second you know he's like what and then cam's like oh yeah i did it to save you and then he's like what he doesn't even know what the fuck's going on yeah. You know? We will definitely talk about this over at our patron-only podcast. If you're wondering what that is, D and I do deep dives on each episode every week. We take questions from you guys. Hashtag Ask Me and D. You can let us know on Twitter. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. He's at Derek MTV on all platforms. We also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. We will go deep on this episode and all the news of the week, all the Twitter drama, all that good stuff over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. And all you have to do is become a maniac level patron and you get all the bonus content that we do over there. We have a ton of fun stuff. We just put together a challenge mania fantasy football league where all the proceeds are going to charity. More on that on the back end of this episode. We're going to shout out all the owners and all the co-managers of the challenge mania football league. We're going to talk about the charities they're playing for. Give everybody a shout out, mention all the team names. So make sure you stay tuned for the outro 
of this episode, but we do have some new patrons to announce. Here we go. Ashley Van De Weert, Chris, Aaron Shrum, Eric Strawn, Michael Worth. You know what being a patron is worth. We appreciate you, Michael. Sharon Langston, Sal Miseraka, Cheyenne Daughtery, Andrew, Stephanie Howarth, Leah Soul, and Erka Rue. Thank you guys so much for becoming patrons. We hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, tell a fellow maniac. All right, D, let's get to Brad, man. We've got a lot of stuff on the pipeline. I'll tell you about it at the end of the episode as far as live events go. If you do live in New York City, remember we have another free viewing party on September. September 4th, myself and Emily Longaretta from Us Weekly, and our special guest, Miss Devin Simone, the matchmaker, who maybe might be putting together some, uh, matching up some challenge fans that night. Who knows? We will be at East End Bar and Grill on the Upper East Side of Manhattan from 8 to 11 on September the 4th. That's the Tuesday after Labor Day. Come hang out with us, but make sure you are SVP beforehand. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, D, you ready to get to Brad? You think he's, you think he blinked yet? Yo, let's get these guys ready for a challenge battlefield because this dude's got bombs exploding around him everywhere from every angle. Uh, take a listen to us try to let's dismantle these things. Did you get scared there? You didn't hear that my bomb effect? What did you think it was a? I did. You you dropped the bomb and I'm about to. Me and Brad are about to dismantle them. Nick Fury. What's up, everybody? Uh, we are here joined by who has been arguably the star of the Final Reckoning season so far. Uh, we're going to put a bow on the trilogy here of this podcast that began with us having Brittany and then Chuck. And now we're going to end with this man's perspective, not only on that whole thing, but on the last few episodes here where he has been in the thick of it. Mr. Brad Fiorenza is back on the program. What's up, dude? What's up? Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you guys having me back. Hey, uh, so how's it feel being called uh, uh, the star, arguably the star <laughs> of the season so far? Like, how do you feel about that? I want to get into, like, uh, how the beginning of, of your comeback to uh, television, to the challenges, and to the uh, landmines you, you were about to walk into with some of these questions I have and some of these topics. But, like, how's it feel being back, you know, like, for people at home that don't know, like, the man has won a championship, you know, before he was on Vendettas, he, 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 took, a, he took a long break, um, but he did win a challenge championship. How's it feel to be back, man, just – just in general, like seeing yourself on TV, seeing these things play out, what people are saying about you, you know, on the show and stuff like that, you know, the good guys, the bad guys. How do you feel, man? I'll tell you the truth. I mean, it's an absolute blessing to be back. I couldn't be happier. I can honestly say I appreciate um, doing the shows now more than I even did in the beginning on my first show, Real, Real World San Diego. Um, it's just uh, I've experienced a lot more in life and I, I'm just more grateful for the opportunity um, you know, the contracts have gotten quite a bit better. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that as well, but, um, it's been an absolute blessing. I love, you know, I love the MTV family, both on, you know, on, on the production and cast side. And it's just great to be back and see some old faces and meet some new faces too. Um, it hasn't been the easiest ride. I've had to earn my spot. D. There's no doubt about that, but between you and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I'm not looking for you know, any kind of uh, courtesy or free ride because I, I've done so many challenges, you know, uh, 
these these new guys made me work and even some of the guys that I played with back in the day made me work to earn that spot that I have now and and still even with that spot that I have now I'm putting in work on a regular basis and you know um I'm enjoying the ride I like the battle I like the competition so you know those are the things that kind of keep me going with the shows and um you know, the challenge is just an incredible experience to be a part of. For me, it's like, it's not just another season. We're writing history, and to be a part of that history is an absolute blessing. You came one step away from making the final on Vendettas, uh, losing that last elimination to Leroy. And and I, I got to ask, you know, let's start there. Obviously, you want to make that final. Obviously, you want to win the whole thing. But having been away for so long, we've talked you know, separately about how much you're appreciating it this go around. I mean, did you go home after that with your head held high saying like, you know what? Like, I did some damage here. Yeah, Scott. I mean, I, it, it went both ways. I mean, there was the wow, we did good for coming back. And that was an awesome experience. And, you know, you counted your blessings, but you couldn't help but look back and just wonder, you know, what if this, what if that you were so close and, you know, it, you can drive yourself crazy with scenarios. I tried my best not to, but that's not to say I didn't have some look backs, but, you know, it was still a great experience walking away. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was, incredible to be that close to a final. I know that feeling of, you know, actually making it over that hump and making it to the final. I've made it to a lot of finals and, um, there's no better way to push yourself past the limits that you're currently used to than, than pushing yourself on a, on a final. I mean, there's some of the best experiences of my life and, um, you learn a lot about yourself when you push yourself that hard. I look forward to, um, as many finals as I could possibly make it to. Let's talk a little bit about that Leroy elimination. Like that's the last time we saw you, um, you know, did something happen there that, you know, that was, you know, that you could have done differently to win or what happened? Well, I mean, the best way I could explain it is, you know, I thought my wall was going to break. It, it like tipped over. I, I don't know exactly how it looked to everybody else. Um, when I put those, uh, gloves on that I was supposed to punch to break through to get the, the balls out. Uh, the first time I punched with them, the actual sticks that I was holding onto both broke off inside of those. So mine didn't break open. And, um, Leroy had a better strategy or, uh, a better, it, it was, it was not my night. I don't know exactly what happened for Leroy on his side. Um, uh, we haven't really talked about this in detail. It went so incredibly fast. Um, you know, when, when, when that horn blew in the beginning, I was just dead focused on winning and, and nothing else. Um, I was in absolute shock that it didn't go in my favor. I just, you know, I, I worked as hard as I could and Leroy beat me, you know, plain and simple. There's more ways than one to make a dent in the challenge world. And we just talked about you coming up slightly short from making the finals. So competitive, competitive wise, you played that part pretty well, but then again, so did D coming in second on the dirty 30. Now the other part that you played exceptionally well was, I think it was the first episode of the season. You get out there and cozy up with Brittany and then boom, you guys are off to the races. And until she ends up going home a few weeks before you, I mean, you guys are, are the, the main couple of that season. Talk about how, you know, I know you weren't looking to get it, you know, get into a relationship, but you kind of had, you know, both aspects of the storyline thing playing out. You're, you're back, you're winning eliminations, you're winning, you know, the daily challenges, you're coming up slightly short, and then you're playing, quote unquote, the social game very well as, as well. So you gave them everything they wanted, and here you are on the final reckoning is, uh, to, to see you following this up quite nicely. 
Yeah, and, and and the bombs are about to go off for the audience at home right now listening. The explosions, the landmines are about to go off. We're getting into it. Sorry, go ahead, Brad. Sorry, I'm getting excited because there's a lot of interesting things that you've been a part of that I can't wait to hear from you. Sorry, go ahead, Brad. Sorry. No, I was just going to say in response to um, you know the relationship and vendettas and everything. You know, granted that worked out to my favor as far as the season. You know, you know unfolded. Um, I, I honestly, those were just organic connections. Like Brittany and I met in the hotel room before this, the show even started. And we just had such an incredible connection of energy right out the gate. And, um, you know, that was a big part of our season, no doubt about it, but it was also really cool to come back and just see people that you started watching on the newer seasons. and be like, it felt like your first time all over again. You were like, Oh my God, I'm here with these people I was just watching. And, you know, it was kind of surreal, but definitely enjoyable. But, um, you know, I, I didn't mean to go back to that. I just I, I, I wasn't sure what we were going back to. Is that what it was? Well, does it did. I mean, just for me, like, do, do you do you feel like a rookie again? Like, I remember my, my first season back, which is why we can relate so much. Um, it, it, it like I felt like a rookie. Like I, I, I had known some people from the from seven, eight years ago. Um, I had I had watched some people on TV. Um, so half of them, some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know. And, but most, but all of them I've seen on TV. And the only thing that they all have in common is that they've all done challenges together. You know what I mean? So I thought I was already screwed from, from the beginning. You know what I mean? And what you're saying, and where I'm going with this is I think that you were set up. Okay. But you, you got screwed the most going into this season. Because all I keep seeing as I as I go through my questions and topics is bomb, 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 bomb. Can't say bomb on an airplane. Well, there goes another bomb by Brad. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, go yeah, ahead. I Sorry. Some heat. No, no, we're good. Um, yeah, there's been this has been the roughest start to a season that I've ever had. Um, it's been a real test. Just when you think it can't get harder, something else pops up and, 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 and there's another challenge around the corner. But I mean, that's what these experiences are for. They're to, they're to test yourself and, and make you stronger. Obviously, you want to take on as little um, controversy and, you know, emotionally draining type situations as possible. However, you know, those aren't always options. And in this case, on this season, um, you know, I, Brittany and I had prepared to see her ex who she had not received closure with. We had spoke about that. Um, and I, I told her just to be open and honest with me throughout the entire process. And, you know, regardless of what the turnout for us was going to be that I understood that she had a lot going on as far as, you know, getting closure. And, and, you know, I, I explained, she wouldn't know how to, how she was going to feel when she saw him. And I could just tell that there was a certain amount of anxiety as the season, you know, was, was, was coming to a start. And, you know, that I prepared for, I prepared for a lot of the things that I had, um, encountered so far in this, this season. However, the one thing that I definitely didn't prepare for was, was to be a part of Cara Maria and Kyle's relationship. And by being partnered with Kyle, that's really pulled me into like an emotional, um, roller coaster of dysfunction that I never could have prepared for. And, I love and respect both of them as individuals and I respect whatever they had. However, it was an absolute nightmare, a part of that in a million dollar game where all you're doing is begging them to keep their, their minds focused on the game part of things. And you just see these little co- they, you'd see these little uh, cozy up, you know, talks where 
um, you know, they would cozy up and cuddle with each other. And then it'd be like two or three days of absolute blatant hell of them, you know, arguing and getting in fights and sleeping with other people. And it was just so much back and forth and her flirtatious, you know, moments with Polly as well. I mean, she definitely wasn't innocent. I was there for, you know, the first night where he was flirting with Faith. She was flirting with uh, Polly and, you know, I'm not exactly sure when he kissed her, but they had plenty of back and forth before that. And when you engage in negative behavior, you're completing the cycle. You're now part of the problem. And, you know, there's a certain amount of responsibility to assess there because it, I, I get what Kyle did doesn't look good. And it, I'm not saying it was right. But when you're part part of, you know, when you're completing that cycle, when you're when you're engaging in immature behavior and flirting with somebody else, whether they have a girlfriend or not, you're continuing the cycle. So it's going to continue and worsen. And that's what happened. And being a part of that was impossible to plan for. Let's go back to how you and Kyle became partners for this thing to begin with. Because we've assessed, we've had the luxury of having a lot of the, the, the cast members of this current season on. And we've also talked about this at length, the idea that not all these pairs seem to have the same level of bad blood brewing between them as others. We can all agree that Tori Deal and Derek Henry legitimately dislike each other. We can all agree that even, you know, to use a good example, Brittany and Chuck, I mean, that is awkward city. Just just walk us, is it just really that you threw a grenade at him once on Vendettas that got you, I think, the best partner on the season, arguably, except Johnny and, and Tony? I mean, when we looked at these these teams when the cast was announced, we were like, man, that is the favorite team right there. And I'm not even convinced these two don't like each other. <clears throat> right. You know, I didn't realize how upset he had gotten Vendettas when I tied him up. I thought he understood the strategy of me having to take him off that team in order to open up my sp- Troika, which I still had to fight for, but I certainly got. And, and had I not tied him up and put him on the other team, I still, no matter how well I would have performed, and I believe I performed the best out of everybody that day, I got the first one out of everybody, and I put the last one in the deepest hole. And the thing is, it's like, you know, everybody, there are other guys that perform very well, no doubt about it. I still took a leadership role in that, in that challenge. And had I put Kyle on that team, even with that leadership role, and even, even, even setting the, the tone and winning that challenge, I still would have lost my spot. So I thought he was understanding with that. He thought that I just tied him up because I thought he was a really good swimmer and he was super frustrated. And I didn't even see his interview. Where he was so upset with me. So, um, you know, I was, I was surprised to, to, to see that because, um, even when that episode had originally aired, we were already out filming the next season and I did not see, I did not see that episode until, um, I got back and saw bits, bits and pieces of it. I, I don't remember Kyle saying that he was that upset with me, to be honest. So, so, so which surprised. one of you dig the other person out? Or, or, you know, if that was the moment when you realize Kyle, you said you didn't even see this episode. So it probably sense to you. Are you just like, what did they just, uh, I don't, did someone who hates me miss their flight or something? This is awesome. I have this guy who came in third or fourth, I think was it third, third on the last season is my vendetta. And I'm pretty sure I, we can work this out over a cup of coffee. Right. You know what? Absolutely. And, um, you know, well, I will say, I mean, I kind of knew he was a partier and like, he likes to, you know, stir things up. So I wasn't thinking like it was going to be the easy, I was happy to have him as a partner. I knew we were going to have our challenges ahead of us, but I was more than happy to take him on as a partner. There's no doubt about it. I was excited. I was, I was the one in the coffin. He was the one digging me out. I had the walkie talkie. As soon as I heard Kyle's accent over the walkie, I said, Kyle, he said, yes. I said, Kyle, we've got this. Let's go. And he, he said he just started running down. He dug me out. And uh, we were definitely excited. 
Um, but you know, with any partnership in a game of that caliber, you're going to have some serious challenges. And it was no longer than a few minutes later that TJ announced, you know, it was a million dollar game. And at that point, you know, it got, it got real, got real, real fast. So, so are you seeing that the, the explosions or the potential bombs that have already, or the potential landmines that they put out there in that sand, right, right. You know, right. As you started the game, they, they, they partner you partner you up with, with your potentially a guy that, that does doesn't like you. Okay. And then, um, that your, your girlfriend's there, right? Cause that, that could be a problem at some point, right? Like you either got a protector or like you guys get into a drunken argument or something like that. That's, that's still problematic. I see, you know, having a girlfriend there, you know what I mean? And then they partner up your girlfriend with her ex-boyfriend. So now you got that one, that, that bomb to try to, uh, dismantle. Okay. But on top of that, they partner Chuck and Brittany together and I can't imagine what's going through your mind at this point because, and then you've got the whole Kyle and Kara stuff going on night one and you're trying to play mediator probably maybe. Um, and it just, that's what I'm saying. Just boom, 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 boom. Like right in front of you, dude. Like, <laughs> do you not feel set up? Did you not feel set up? Like after night one, like, Oh, and by the way, I'm the strongest team out here, but your partner, your partner is making out with the defending challenge champion, first ever solo challenge champion. She's like the queen of the challenge right now. And here he is. Some might say he rode her all the way to the final and then dropped her. Unfortunately, that's kind of what it looks like. Okay. Not and, wrote her, not wrote her like that. Sorry, poor choice of words. Some might say no, I understand. Scott. Yeah, no, no but, uh, but I, basically, yeah, basically, what I was trying to tell you is that do, do you not see all the bombs that are the potential explosions that have just happened around you in like one day, like one yes. competition, one night? Derek, like, Derek, I feel set I, up. What do you mean? What do you mean? I lived it, and now I'm rewatching it, or I'm watching it for the first time. But like, I've already lived it and watched it happen around me. Now I'm watching it happen from the complete outside of the box perspective with the cool songs in the background too. So it's like, it's even enhanced further. So, I mean, yeah, I, I remember being there for every step of this. I remember the way I was feeling. And I will tell you um, with that million dollars on the line and that just incredible urge to compete, uh, it was extremely frustrating dealing with all these, you know, um, these additional issues. However, it's not a choice. I mean, that was my experience on this challenge. I had to suck it up. I had to do the best I could with it. Hell, I am not perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I will say I I really tried my best to stay chill, to stay focused, to use logic reasoning through all of my decision-making processes. And, you know, um, I, I, I definitely didn't do a flawless job, but you know, I definitely did the best I could and I'm happy with it so far. You definitely have a different perspective than I think most people would in a similar scenario because you can tell, I mean, obviously just hearing you talk about it and then the way it looks like you're kind of in the moment dealing with this is you're frustrated that your partner is kind of getting you in the thick of more stuff than you really need to be in. I mean, you guys could be sort of flying under the radar here. You're both well-liked guys and for as well as you're competing, nobody seems to want to throw you in based on that. But then here he is kind of flaunting this past relationship he's had and getting into daily arguments with Kara. That being said, though, you're kind of like, this is, the, this is the hand I was dealt. You know, I'm happy to be here. And I think somebody who doesn't have that attitude might, you know, take this a little bit harder than you have. Um, talk about the fact that, you know, you mentioned watching it play out on TV. A lot's been said about this season that it's moving at a bit of a snail's pace. Now, if you love the challenge and you want it on for eight months of the year, great. You know, if you want action and eliminations every episode, maybe 
be not so great because, you know, we haven't seen that much of that. And there's been a lot of drama to fill the episodes. When you guys were going through this, you know, you were at the center of all this. You were at the cent of, center of the, for lack of a better term, love triangle that kind of dragged the Redemption House narrative out to a three-episode arc, which that would typically be like 20 minutes of one episode. And now here you are in the thick of things with the Kara and Kyle stuff. And you're also at the center of this great master plan that uh, Cam devised on the last episode. So when I mentioned that you're the star of the season, that's what I mean by that. When you're going through this in the moment, do these beats feel, feel as big to you as they've played out on screen? Like when you're going through this, do you realize, wow, this is going to play out over five weeks? Or are you kind of like, this is one episode? You know what I mean? Like, how did it feel to you in the moment? You know what? In the moment, Scott, you're living your life and it's, it feels like this challenge felt different than others because of the teams and, and, and the way they were paired up. Guy, girl, uh, girl, girl, and guy, guy. However, um, you know, every challenge has its own feel. I mean, even if you do an Inferno 2 and an Inferno 3, they're both going to feel different based on the cast alone. You pull a couple of strong personalities, replace them with different ones, whole dynamic changes, the whole experience. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is when you're living it, you can't tell what it's going to be. Now, from what I could tell, um, they're starting to see such a substantial amount of storyline in the show that they're considering and, and, and they're playing around with the ideas of making storyline a bigger part of the, uh, of the seasons. And they might be testing that. They might have made decisions. I'm not really sure on what they did. And I see where viewers want to see more competition, more head-to-head stuff, and, and I get that too. But I think what they're getting is more of what they used to have organically occurring in the real world when it was successful. I think they're starting to see organic relationships and um, organic opportunities to explore uh, diversity in, in different settings and, and maybe try to um, you know, tap into that a little bit. And, and I think that that's something that the real world always brought to the table. Now I get for diehard challenge fans, that might not be anything they're going to get excited about. But if I had to guess on what's, what's going on in the meetings where they're, where they're adding storyline like this, that's probably just my guess because, um, yeah, I, I get it. They're not getting an elimination and a challenge in every episode. And that's what I'm used to too. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by it, but I think they, um, you know, they might be playing around with some new ideas and, you know, I, I'm not sure how those will come out in the end and, and whether they're, they they might go right back to the original format. We don't know. Well, this last episode was absolute fire and I think it was very well reviewed um, by the viewers because we got a little bit of everything. We got that storyline element you're talking about. We got some expert gameplay by Cam in her second season here, you know, mm -hmm. crafting this, this mental warfare that I had to rewind to even compute what was going on here. You were at the yep. heart of that because, you know, at first she kind of claims that she's voting for you, which in turn gets nobody to vote for you. It then gets revealed right. it's been this master plan with, you know, Sylvia winning the Best Supporting Actress uh, Award. I know. And all this stuff. And you get, you find out that Kyle was in on it, you weren't. Um, talk about that. I mean, what's it like seeing gameplay on that level feeling as if, oh, this is out to get me, then being told with the rope-a-dope, actually it's, it's you know, trying to save you. Is it a little too close for comfort? Are you like, all this had to do yes. is one person yes, didn't is, do the Scott. right thing and we're getting thrown yes. in? <laughs> yes, it's way too close for comfort. I actually felt bad watching it to some extent because I'm thinking like, God, I couldn't even give this woman the full credit she deserved when she made this move because when it was all said and done, she did tell me, Brad, we did this to protect you the whole time. Um, but I needed your, your organic reaction in order to sell the whole house on this. And I'm thinking, 
God, you could so easily be just selling me on that. And it was a plan that didn't work out. I don't know what to believe. I feel traumatized from the entire experience. What's next? I mean, like we talked about with all the bombs that went off in the beginning, this was the last thing I needed. It's not like I had this laid back season with my feet up and this was the first disruption. So like at this point, I was just kind of like hearing what she's saying, but just almost feeling like my head's ringing, like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? You know? And um, her plan did work out perfectly. And when I watched it, I was so impressed with her gameplay. And I was like even more impressed that she really was looking out for me from the very beginning. I had no idea that that was really the case. And um, Cam and I had really gotten to know each other uh, a lot more in depth on this season. And, you know, to see that, I felt like, wow, like that is my girl. I got her back. You know, she had my back. You know, I, we didn't have the easiest history in Vendettas, but her and I have talked about the fact that we played the same damn game in Vendettas. We had the same cards up against us. Neither one of us got a free ride and neither one of us could help each other because the way the political, uh, the political structure was with the Troika, there was no way we were, even if we got in the Troika, we were one person out of three and we were never going to have the control to help each other. So, you know, we can relate a lot of, in a, in a lot of ways to Vendettas, not just to our history of throwing grenades back and forth when, you know, the only other option would be to throw them at people that had the power to really start messing with you. So uh, Cam and I have a mutual understanding. I thought that was a very, very um, creative and intelligent gameplay by her. And, you know, I wish I could have given her the full credit on the show when she told me that. But after watching it, I could see that, you know, I could see she really had my back from the beginning. Derek, how did you feel watching this play out? I know you probably had to rewind it a few times. If I did, you sure as hell probably didn't get it the first go around. Let me ask you, when you see someone manipulate the rules in that way, not in a, in a cheating fashion, but, you know, they figure out how the voting works, taking, taking advantage of the fact that it's blind voting, taking advantage of the tiebreaker that she, in the event of a tie, vote uh, is the tiebreaker there, and using that to her advantage. When you see people do that, are you like, oh, man, I wish the, the rules were kind of more thought out so this you know, wasn't susceptible to happening or are you like, wow, you go cam. That was awesome. To be honest with you, this is why we're going to discuss all this on the Patreon podcast, because there's way too many moving parts. There's too, way too many like burn votes. There's too many scared games. Like I'm, I'm, I'm latching onto all these topics. Okay. And like the game moves and the puzzle that she, it sounds like she, she solved the puzzle and, uh, and no, you know, she worked, she worked on like all these like back, back moves that no one was even suspecting, you know? And, uh, to be honest with you, I am going to have to watch it again. I really want to analyze it. I really want to dissect it because Do you there was know what way happened? too Could much you going in a on. Sentence? Could you in a sentence tell us what she did and how it played out or no, you would need a pen and you would need a whiteboard and you would need like a protractor. Could you actually I'm, just tell me right now what she did? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna need to watch the episode again because uh, <laughs> I, there, dude, listen, there's so much going on in that. I, I don't know why I couldn't just stay glued to that episode. I was more on like these like major bullet points, you know that 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 was going on. I was like, wait, I was like, wait a minute, I was still stuck on why the fuck did Tori and 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 Derek not pick Angela and Faith? I was still I was still dumbfounded on that. You know, like what? And then, and then, it, then it seemed like the whole. I can help you out with that. I can help yeah, you out with that. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, um, please, so, yeah, please. The, the, the reason is, the reason is because, um, and this was a, a major frustration that led to the whole heart attack comment with Kyle and everything. When we went in, and Kyle and I actually use a burn vote on Tori and Derek, as does Joss and Sylvia. Okay, and Angela and Faith were the only ones that voted for them that were actually like trying to get them. 
what I was frustrated with is that Kyle and Joss were talking on the, the Kaylee, Melissa, they had their whole dynamic. Now I'm real tight with Joss. I could have went to Joss myself, but all that was going to do is complicate things. I just said, keep the UK thing straight. Let me know what it is. You know, like keep things streamlined. Let's keep them as simple as possible. Um, you know, let's make, keep things as low key as possible. Like, you know, and you know, they weren't communicating properly. So they accidentally double burned vote Tory to go in. And I really get along with Tory. So when this happened, I was, I came out, I came up to Joss and I go, who'd you vote for? And he looks at Derek, like he takes his eyes and looks at Derek. And I look at him and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like out of all the things like Kyle and you guys didn't talk about this. And I know Sylvia was kind of like, you know, a major part of their decision-making. And that's kind of like getting back to the whole chiefs and Indians thing. Like you can't have two chiefs on a team. Someone's got to be the Indian. And sometimes being the Indian is actually the leadership role. When you're in a room with all chiefs, Ooh, I like the person that. that could actually, the person that could actually convert and be smart enough to convert, like, Hey, we need an Indian. Otherwise it's just going to be a bunch of arguing and dysfunctional processes with, you know, no efficiency. So when you, when sometimes you, the, the leader actually has to be the follower. Okay. Cause otherwise they know it won't work. And, I love it. And, well, and in this case, in this case, Derek, we couldn't even get the burn votes right. I, we had days to come up with the shit. We had days to come up with it. So when I found out Tory was going in, I said, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened on accident. I went straight to Tory deal. And I said, listen, I've got to tell you this happened on accident. I'm so sorry. And she said straight to my face, Brad, it's cool. But just know this. I'm calling you out. And I looked at her with those puppy dog eyes and said, I totally understand. Like, I was so sad. Like, I was so fucking sad we did this on accident. I've always gotten along with Tori. And she knew. I actually think, like, at some point she was actually getting a rise out of it. Because, like, a day, two days later, like, I still looked like I was going to puke. And I, and, and, and for me, it's a million dollar game. I, you know, and I knew and for the record, I knew she was already collabing with Tori. I'm, I'm sorry, with Kara and Natalie and or whoever else. I like, I knew she had her little corner in that room and I knew those people were not working with us, but I still had enough respect for Tori and, and, and I still wanted to figure out a way to work with her. So when that whole thing happened, I was like, Oh shit. I came up, I told her up front, but um, I know that for her personally, it was a matter of taking out Kyle and myself or Joss and Sylvia because we both screwed up by accidentally burn voting for them. And I understand her frustration. There. But that's if you have like, I'm sorry, Tori, I think you're great. But you've in interviews this entire season thrown your partner under the bus and made it very clear he is not the strongest competitor. Shouts to D. Henry. But so in that regard, yeah, you want to get the revenge. But is this the time to do it? Maybe do it with a vote down the line, not in a competition petition where you know there is a weaker and and here's the other thing i'm about to call faith and angela a weaker team and that's unfair because they've been competing really well so far so no no slight to them but i just I'm, i i don't think this is the time to say i'll show you for voting me in we want to go against you because that's just not where strategy is being implored it's more emotions there um so i mean is that so you're basically saying she was so pissed that you guys messed up and voted her in that she threw strategy to the wind and just wanted to get back at one you guys um well i'll tell you this right now i think if she wanted to take the strongest team at the time and if you were going to actually take a vote throughout the house you know a, a, a vote to see who people thought was the strongest at that time i think they most likely would have pulled kyle and my's name i think that it was still a strategic choice for them in the sense that angela and faith are not a team to be underestimated and any equalizers that they bring for the male female card on Derek and either one of those females is going to be a major game changer. And with that said, 
Like those girls, when they when they compete, and you got to keep an eye on them moving forward. Um, they're a force to be reckoned with, and you know they've done like you've said. Uh, you know, Scott, you said they did well in the challenges up until this point, and it's like, you know, maybe we've got to stop. You know, especially with the equalizers, thinking that the the guy guy teams are so um, so at an advantage here because you'll see as this season starts to play out. Um, there are equalizers in place, and this, oh, like Angela and Faith, they're a strong team. Um, Do you I guys, think when those late, you mentioned you mentioned these equalizers, and we've talked about them on this show. There was one moment in particular so far in the season that got the internet just up in arms, where there was this visual of Paulie going up against Cam in this bungee competition, and even if you all you had to do was look at a screenshot of the bird's eye view, and Paulie, who's this you know. MLS soccer player. He trains with elastic bands every day in the gym, and he looks like he's tethered to a submarine. And then Cam is over there like chewing gum, playing double dutch, having the easiest time with it. And everyone thought, okay, we get it. There was probably an equalizer that was meant to be implored here. However, it looks like they went a little bit too far the other way. I won't ask about this particular instance, okay? But in general, do you guys, it seems like based on what you're saying, look out for this type of stuff and think, hey, you know what? I'd rather take on two guys who just, mm -hmm. if everything was equal, might be tougher, but I yep. don't want to trust that they won't mess up the equalizer and swing it too far in the other way. Because let's be yes. honest, the word equalizer means it should equalize things, but if they're going too far right. the other way, it becomes a disadvantage. Yes, and Scott, you, you hit it right on the head. So... Yeah, we absolutely do take that into consideration. And we also take into consideration that they've never played these, this game with these people before. So we're all just guessing at what the equalizer should be anyways. So there's no practice round to see, you know, who, who, who can pull what. And even if there was, everybody would be throwing that, to, you know, look like they were weaker to get a weaker equalizer. So like, you know, there's nothing, I mean, it really is a crapshoot to some extent. Now, um, you know, it, people do take that into consideration with their decision-making, but um, God, so many factors come into play as the game goes on. I mean, people start to play with their emotions at certain points. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a messy game. You got a million dollars at the end of it, you know? So, I mean, all those factors come into play, but that's not to say people won't, you know, override those, um, you know, those setbacks with, you know, some emotional charge they have towards somebody or, you know, just, straight gameplay. So sometimes you got to take a bigger risk for a higher return. Before we move on from this particular thing, I just want to say one thing about the burn votes, okay? Because as a viewer, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned this earlier about Cam using the rules to her advantage, figuring out the math there. Hey, if I can get everybody to only vote for one team, I can essentially pick who goes in here. Similar with the burn vote, as a viewer, I'm not going to lie, guys, just to play devil's advocate, I kind of like seeing it blow up in your guys' faces because when this show was, was conceived and they're like, all right, we're going to send people in a private room and they're going to vote somebody in and then that team gets to pick from all the teams that voted them in, that's meant to be kind of a like, hey, if you vote someone in, be prepared to face them kind of thing. And once you right. guys figure out that if we all vote for people who don't go in, we have no chance of going in, it's kind of manipulating the system and taking a little bit of the fun out of it for some asshole like me on the couch so when it blows up in your face i'm kind of like sitting there with the popcorn like michael jackson and the gift being like yeah see told you it was a little bit too complicated for you guys you know what i mean you get what you deserve right. yeah 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 that's fair scott i think that's fair let me can i follow up can i follow up with that okay so um tori i did see tori say something about 
that being or on Twitter, I retweeted it saying that she did. They made that move so they wouldn't be at a disadvantage because of, you know, quote unquote, some kind of equalizer or something like that, um, that they had seen pro in a, in a previous like elimination, stuff like that. And sure. You know, Carl has been very open about we'll it. We'll call it and the like Pauly rule. They didn't want to lose to the Pauly rule. We'll call it that. So, <laughs> and, and it, and it happens like you, you we, we see patterns like on, on cutthroat, we saw a pattern of like, there are, there are going to be, um, there were four eliminations and then the fifth elimination repeated. Then the sixth elimination repeated. So we knew kind of like, oh, maybe this one would be a good idea for me to go into or for you to go into because we know that one's coming up next. So maybe they're starting to see something. So it's interesting that you guys brought that up. Now about the Joss elimination, was it as close as it seemed? I mean, was Derek really that bad of, of an athlete they're, they're making him out to be? Um, and uh, were there any hits that they say don't hit each other or anything like that? Um, how did that elimination look to you? Um, for me, I I thought it was fast, but, um, I, I could it be was wrong. fast. It was fast. It was pretty intense. I love the way it looked. I mean, I, um, I actually thought we were getting called out to go in there because the way Tori told me, so I was already visualizing. I was, I was already in that thing before it even started. And I will say that watching it, it went fast. Everybody out there performed well. I'd say that the one thing that put Josh and uh, Joss and Sylvia in the winner's position was Joss helped Sylvia more. I think Derek started to perform well and became so excited that he was performing well after having a few setbacks this season <laughs> that he almost got excited to the point where he didn't realize he could have helped Tori a little bit more when Tori started the tire. I think, and, and, and it might've been the relationship because, you know, Tori was a little disappointed and, and, and took some of her frustration out on Derek throughout the season. So maybe he's thinking like, yeah, Tori, look at me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And it's like, yeah, but you could be helping her up a little bit faster and you guys might have won that. I mean, it was close. Uh, it was a great elimination round for uh, both teams involved. And Joss and Sylvia did a great job to pull out the wind. Cause I will say that Ter uh, Tori and Derek uh, definitely put the heat on them. There was no doubt about it. I watched it. And you know, um, with that said, I would just, um, I, 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 I would just say that uh, it was close, but Derek could have done a little bit of a better job helping her up that wall. And had he done that, they might've, they might've found themselves in a, uh, in, in a winning spot. What's up, Challenge Maniacs? Just want to tell you about some really awesome additions that Derek and I have made to the Challenge Mania shop. No way, Derek is my favorite. Tell me you saw his battle with Jaws. All you have to do is go to challengemania.shop and check out all our new gear. Maniacs come in all sizes. We have tons of new designs for you to show your love for challengers like Jemmy. Can I have a gem class hoodie? Devin. Let's go. Polly. Who's this Polly guy? I've never heard of him. Shane. I don't know why, but I do not trust him. And our newest design, Kayla. I don't care what anybody says about Kayla. She's my favorite. Go to challengemania.shop and you can represent the podcast and your favorite cast members today. I don't know what a podcast is, but I want it. I think Devin said it best. Let's go. Challenge accepted. Do we want to talk about advantages and disadvantages now, um, Scott? Is this, is this, is this the part where we get in advantages and disadvantages and asking him about, uh, you know, that disadvantage that he threw that grenade he threw at Carl? Or are we not there yet? 
No, I think that's a good, I think we've talked about the uh, some of the other moments recently on the show, and I think that's the last one here that we have to get to before we get to the real big elephant in the room, or the shark in the room, I guess I could call it. Sharks. Um, There's sharks in the room. There's sharks. Uh, but yes, let's get to that, because you took a little bit of heat online for not only using a disadvantage against Kara and Marie, who, look, we know that Kara and Kyle have their differences, but to us watching on screen, we're like, she's kind of your pseudo-ex, so what? Isn't there another team? you could throw this at and then from there obviously we see in the same episode <clears throat> you coming at Kara for them throwing a vote your way and to us just to the naked eye we're like yeah that's what I do as well so what say you Brad okay so here's what I can tell you guys I mean first of all there is a lot more to us using the disadvantage against them than was shown all right uh, at this point I can't talk, talk a whole lot about it because I'm not sure what they plan to do with this moving forward, but I want I want the viewers and you guys to understand that they show a bandage on Kyle's hand, poolside, right before this discussion with Kara. And that bandage is a huge role in the frustration, okay, in our conversation. And and there's about two days of um, of interactions that are missing. And that 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 situation with Kyle's hand happened prior to the challenge where we used the disadvantage against them. And that, that situation with his hand also has a lot to do with the immature arguing back and forth that consistently happened between Kara and Kyle. And, um, you know, granted that Kara and I had put hours aside talking about, um, you know, trying to separate her relationship with Kyle from the game. And we talked a lot about our history and, you know, positive things for her with her winning uh, vendettas at $375,000 and all the people that look up to her as an inspiration. And we've had so many, you know, character building type talks that once Kyle's hand was bandaged and we had gone through all these motions. And again, I, I want to point out that incident with his hand happens before we used the disadvantage. So when Kyle brought up the opportunity to use that against them, um, I, I, at that point, it was a no-brainer. Our whole entire season was now in jeopardy based on what these two had going on. For me to get them out of the house was the absolute best thing I could do to save my game at that time. Now, I want to point out that right after we used that disadvantage against them, Marie had full court pressed me to call off the dogs and to go right back into a, um, uh, alliance type of situation where we were going to work together. Um, after several talks with, with Marie, I had then talked Kyle into, you know, calling off the dogs, putting down the guns and figuring out a way that we were going to work with them. As soon as we had arranged all this, that is when they went in and they and, and they voted for us. And once they voted for us, Kara had come out and came up to me in the guy's room and was giggling and telling me, hey, I just want to let you know that I voted for you guys. And I only did it to flirt with Kyle. And at that okay. point, I was done with it. Like, I'm thinking about all the hours I spent talking to her, trying to build her up while she's kicking sand about the whole Kyle thing. I tried to make mutual connections about my hardships with my relationship with Brittany and the way my game had started, started off and then how I was trying to stay focused in the game and, and, you know, do the best I could to leave it all on the field. And, you know, she was responding in ways that she was making me believe she was going to do the same thing. Like, oh, I'm not even going to look at him moving forward. Uh, I just want to focus on winning the game, the game. And then within 12 hours, I'd see them sitting on each other's lap, having one of those little snuggle sessions that would eventually lead into like two, three more days of them arguing and fighting. And it was just such an emotional roller coaster. And, and that is what that was about. When I had mentioned my kids, the car outside, I was reminding her of my kids when I would say, Hey, I know you've got these hardships with Kyle. Um, Brittany didn't even make it in the house. And we trained so hard for the 
season, and we didn't even get a shot together. Um, but I want you to know, I'm still here fighting for my kids. See, that's what I keep telling her. And I was just trying to remind her of, you know, just like our outside talks in a positive direction, like, hey, I'm still fighting for my kids here. Like, can you and Kyle just please put your games away so we can focus on a million-dollar game? And the answer, based on her actions and not her words, because actions speak louder than words, were repeatedly no. I'm going to take my little kid games with Kyle and prioritize that over your shot at a million dollars. That was where my frustrations lied. And, and, and that's where her and I really stopped getting along on this season because she really, in my opinion, had a, a selfish outlook on how she was. I, I, I'm not discrediting how she felt about Kyle, but I can't prioritize that over three other people's game. So you got Marie involved that's partnered with her and you got myself with Kyle I mean, at some point, you've got to realize that your fling relationship, whatever that was, whatever definition you put on that, you know, that that doesn't supersede everybody's opportunity to win the money. And 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 me bringing up my kids was just trying to remind her, like, hey, I'm not just I'm just not out here playing games like I really am out here on a real mission for myself. I was not expecting a free ride. I don't want a free ride. I want to beat the best at their best. Uh, No doubt about it. But um, I see the way it came off. There was just a lot of information left out of that. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. Ctmobile.com. More and more of our neighbors are struggling with the trauma of COVID-19 and the stress of everyday tasks. Life is hard. It's harder on drugs. On average, 130 people die every day from opioid overdose. Addiction is a common and treatable disease and affects people of all ages and all walks of life. Reach out and join the thousands of Virginians that have successfully recovered at off-opioids.org. And remember, the Harrisonburg-Rockingham Community Services Board is here to help. All right, I think that clears it up. I mean, to us as viewers, we obviously saw it unfold in an abbreviated fashion, and some of us are maybe throwing stuff at the screen, yelling, Brad, of course they would vote for you. You gave them a disadvantage. But the fact that it's a little bit more nuanced than that, I think, uh, explains it. Um, So, look, I want to get to some, you know, scattered Twitter and Facebook questions. People submit them to us on Twitter, at Shot of Jaeger, at Derek MTV, also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. But before we get to that, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that this is sort of the unofficial end to a trilogy here we've had on the show. A couple weeks back, we we had Brittany on the podcast. And, you know, full disclosure, Derek and I had no idea that during the podcast, she was going to let us know that you guys had decided to, to break up. And I think something earlier that day on, on Twitter, you had kind of let um, put out there and some people had been sending me screenshots and stuff like that. But I had no idea. Like there was a question that someone had written in, are you and Brad still together? And I had it buried. It was going to be like my 10th question. And then once I saw kind of rumblings about it, I'm like, maybe I asked this earlier. I asked it at the beginning and she, of course, reveals that you guys had, I guess, just, you know, come to terms that you guys didn't want to see each other anymore. 
anymore. So after that, Chuck kind of forced his way onto the show, not going to lie. Once he saw that she was coming on, he was scared she was going to give a one-sided depiction of what happened in Redemption House. And we said, we don't like to give one-sided depictions, so why don't you come on? And hey, he was a lovely fellow. We actually enjoyed having him on the show. That being said, Brad, you and Dee go way back. You were one of our first guests here on the podcast, so we do want to give you ultimately the last word on all of this. Um, We don't want to dwell on it, but would love for you to kind of walk us through um, how this kind of played out for you in real time, then reliving it, unfortunately, after the fact on television. And if you do want to go into a little bit of detail of of what went down there between you two and and why, in your words, because we've already gotten hers, you guys decided to, to take a lengthy break here. Well, you know what? I'll tell you this. Uh, um, we had several agreements going into the season. Um, we also knew uh, that her ex was going to be on the show and there was a lack of closure there. We had spoken detail about um, just being open with communication. And, you know, I basically told, you know, told her I understood she didn't know how she was going to feel and just to be open with me and regardless of whether it worked out or not, like that I had a lot of love and respect for her and that, you know, we'd work it out one way or the other. And, you know, what happened was, you know, what, ha- what happened on that Redemption House, uh, exp- what happened within that Redemption House experience, it went outside of the guidelines of what we spoke about and, and what was really acceptable in, 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 our, in our conversation. And, um, you know, I'm not one to judge her actions, but I will say that there was some stuff that I was uncomfortable with, you know, considering that I was in a committed relationship with somebody for several months before that had happened. So, um, you know, it wasn't what happened there didn't help our relationship, but it wasn't the whole reason for our parting of ways. And I think that her and I are both in better positions now. We're still friends. Um, We still get along, but um, we're just not in a position where we should be in a committed relationship with each other. And I'll take some of the blame that you know i got real excited when i met her on vendettas and we both promised each other this was going to turn into nothing um serious and we really just couldn't help it um you know we had an incredible connection of energy right out the gate it continued to grow um granted the timing wasn't right uh we kind of just kind of forced something that the timing wasn't right for and i think when you do that you open yourself up for uh you know for hurt like what happened here and and that's just to be a lesson learned and um you know brit's one of the the most incredible people i've ever crossed paths with um, and you know, I just, uh, it, like, you know, I will say it, it, it sucked to break it off with her because I didn't want to break it off with her. And, and it wasn't just strictly due to what we saw this season. It was due to several other things that we had spoke about leading up to this. And, um, you know, Britt and I know what it is and it's, it's, it's not, it's not that serious of a situation. It's just the reason we're not together right now, you know? Yeah, well said. I don't think it's anybody's business to hear more than that. Um, we do have a, a question here from Hannah who says, Chuck said nice things about Brad on the Challenge Mania podcast he appeared on. Yes, he did, Hannah. And she wants to know, what does Brad have to say about Chuck, if anything? You know, I will say this. Um, you know, I know I knew Chuck was coming to the challenge for the first time. I knew he really didn't know anybody. So I did try to have a couple of small conversations with him prior to our arrival and they were all good conversations. Um, you know, we didn't get to know each other real well, but from what I did see, I, I think he's a good guy. And I, um, you know, I will say when it came to the redemption house decision of him walking away out of respect for his girlfriend, I'll also throw him some props for that. So, you know, I think he makes good choices and, uh, he seems like a good guy. So, you know, I've got nothing against him, no doubt. Yeah. But hold on. Yeah. But, but going into the game, like, were you, were you thinking like, he's definitely first one that's gotta be gone. Was that not like well, your initial? No, Before no, you knew he was partnered with Brittany. 
No, I would not have said that. But what I would have said is this, and, and this is probably more of an accurate cr- uh, thought that crossed my mind. Had I had a problem with him when I got there, then that would have been something I would address right away. Um, but, you know, to go into it already emotionally charged, I already know that I can expect problems because I'll be the one radiating all this weirdness because I've got all this built up frustration that shouldn't even be there. Uh, I just try to keep an open mind about it. And let me tell you, that was not easy to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you've got this girl that you, you know that you love, and you're going on a shoulder. You know her ex is there. There's no closure. This is very complicated. This, it, it sounds simple. That doesn't mean it was easy to do. Um, but I did go in with an open mind. That's the reason I would approach him and have small conversations and stuff. Uh, if I was thinking like that, and we didn't know they were partnered up at that time, but um, you know, I just, I, I just, he seemed like an all right guy. I, I just, I felt like you know, I felt bad that he didn't know a whole lot of people. So I, I took the time to actually get to know him a little bit. Uh, nothing too serious, just small talk. But, um, you know, that was kind of my outlook on it. And, and and I know what you're saying. Like, had 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 I come on there and, you know, he would have been real flirtatious with her, like he's taking over the game or something like that. Like, yeah, I probably would have felt a lot differently, but he certainly didn't come off that way. Okay. Okay. This is, this is part of my trilogy of bombs though, that, that I, that I had foreseen that, I, that I'm looking at. Okay. Then he's her partner. Okay. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then they disappear into, oh, I don't yeah, know, dude. in the dude, middle of nowhere. Cabin in the woods. Okay. And yeah, then, right. no, and, right, we'll, right, right. and we'll get to the next then after that. Oh, yeah. You know you're sleeping good with all this going on, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then they disappear, right? And then um, then they come back, and then Paulie walks out, and he's yep. like, I got a speech for you motherfuckers. All right. Mm-hmm. I, there's a couple people that I want to take out and I'd love to put my hands on right now, but unfortunately I can't do that. So you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take, I'm going to take out both of their girlfriends. How about that? So bam, then, How the, about girlfriends, that? then the girlfriends <laughs> are gone. So then the girlfriends are gone with, or now they're really gone. They're out of the game. And now they're like in another fucking country in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And then he drops the atomic bomb and fucking says, Oh, they've been, they've been, uh, I don't know, hooking up behind closed doors or whatever he said. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you get the big, you get their, their, their squad, their big brothers walking into the game being like, yup, yup. That shit is fucked up. That shit is fucked up. And they are just like, fucking with your head dude you know and, and then just and then and then it's all a lie later on you know six, five months later it's a it's a lie and you're watching this all, all come out on tv but but in in but in sequence you know like <laughs> for you know like what do you feel like from the beginning to the end there like and we got to get into the explosive inner the explosive episode before before we get him out of here i know you got a couple more you left questions out the best after. part of that story which i'm not going to let brad leave this podcast without telling us what he has against the suburbs because uh over oh. when we broke that episode down uh on our patreon only podcast over at patreon.com slash challenge mania where we do deep dives on this i'm, I'm going to tell you brad d didn't want me to tell you this but he was <laughs> fired up about you saying that this guy's from the suburbs he went on like a 20 minute diatribe about what What's wrong with the suburbs? No, I got to be honest with you. No, listen, listen. <laughs> I heard about that. I heard about that in the grapevine. Someone's like, hey, he's talking man. shit about you being from the suburbs. And I know, and listen, Darren, hey, you and I have enough. No, you and I have enough history where I knew I'm like, 
damn it, Derek. Like, that's not what I meant, motherfucker. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. knew I, I knew what you were thinking. I'm like, no, dude. Obviously, I'm from the suburbs. Obviously, I know that. I love the suburb I come from. Orland Park, Illinois is a great place, okay? And let me tell you this. Um, I don't – I've lived in the city for years. I lived in the suburbs for years. It's like I, I don't I, – I actually like the country, okay? <laughs> so it's like <laughs> – my whole thing is this. He was having a conversation with Kyle. I'm trying to reconcile their differences, okay? We're doing a little bit of conflict resolution. I call, I call both these guys out into the, the workout area in the house. Um, I line up Paulie. I line up Kyle. I pull them out there. The first thing these two gentlemen say to each other is, Kyle said, look, I'm from a rough neighborhood with bare buckle boxing. That's the way I was brought up. And then Paulie goes, I'm from a rough neighborhood in Jersey with bare buckle boxing. And they're both puffing their chests up. And I'm thinking, gentlemen, this is conflict resolution. Reel it in. Let's talk about the issue and see if we can get past it. Now, we weren't able to get past it. They stayed aggressive with each other through the entire talk. But the only reason I leaned over to Kyle and said, looks like a suburban kid to me, is because he was talking about how he was from a rough neighborhood in Jersey and that they were doing bare-knuckle bare boxing all the time growing up. And when I looked over and said that, I was just insinuating, like, hey, I think he was bluffing in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the conversation. And that's all I meant by it. No disrespect to the suburbs. No disrespect to the city. No disrespect to the country. I enjoy all three. But people who do bare knuckle boxing can go fuck themselves. No, just kidding. But what's the deal? What's the deal with bare knuckle boxing? Like true or false? True or false? Unless you're a boxer, all boxing is bare knuckle boxing. Like any fight you get into before the age of yes, seventeen is yes. going to be bare knuckle, right? Nobody's like yes. meeting in the locker Scott, room at school to put on boxing more gloves. Like, they're talking more like a circle of cars in a parking lot and guys punching each other's teeth out with no gloves on. You know, like almost like that underground street fighting stuff. Uh, snatch, uh, Fight Club, you know that oh, kind of a thing. Catch and, a basket, yeah. crush her, and I'm your mom. You like and, dogs? And, yeah, yeah. Yes, and and like that. No, and this is what I'm telling you, <laughs> and gentlemen. I want you to really picture this. Hold on. Hey, let's tighten this up real quick, just for a serious talk. There's a million dollars on the line. Okay, you pull two grown men out into the gym to talk, and they're both talking. One's talking like he's from a rough neighborhood in Jersey. The other one's from the the. Uh, like the snatch back sure. and they're just going at it. Yeah, and, and they're literally puff. It was like Discovery Channel shit with two alpha males. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, wow, this isn't going anywhere. And even Kyle said after the conversation, he goes, I want him out of here. And I was like, all right, let's go then. Like, we did our best. I tried the best I could to help Paulie's ass. Um, you know, you'll see as the season unfolds. It, I, there's a lot of twists coming up, gentlemen. There's a lot of twists. This thing has not even gotten started yet. Um, and all I can tell you is I don't know what they're going to use and what they're not. I'm still curious what they're going to show about the hand. I cannot believe they haven't shown it yet. And that's making me feel like we might miss a lot of things that I was predicting we would see, but we'll just have to sit and watch. There's so much left to un unfold. Um, good Lord. I can only imagine what they're going to use. Way to tease that hand. I, I shouts to anybody who wants to Photoshop a fake movie poster about the hand or the mystery of the hand here. Um, but you know, we, we can't gloss over what was the best pro wrestling promo in the history of this show with Paulie. First of all, saying I can't take out the guys, so I'm going to end their girls and sends them both home in one false swoop. And then afterwards with the ultimate, which he already, I mean, Grant, he probably filmed the interview after, but he had set up in an interview. Hey, I might use this 
this as a strategic gameplay move. They don't know what's going on in this house. Then he drops that bomb on you. I mean, it's certainly played out in Shakespearean fashion for us as viewers. When you're going through that and you're in the bleachers and you're watching this stuff happen, we compare it to the Red Wedding on Game of Thrones. We know you don't watch TV or Game of Thrones, but that's a scene where all these people who are main characters get their throats cut all at once, and he just, yes. boom, in one false swoop, gets rid of your girl, gets rid of Zach's girl, and then it just, you know, I mean, what was it yes. like going through that? You got it. Is a little part of you like, man, this sucks. I'm going to miss Brit, but that was badass. And then, and then, Brad no, and Zach Scott, become a team. no, I didn't think that. The execution. How about when you're watching Scott. it on TV afterwards? Yes, there we go. Now we got a little, okay. Here's what I can tell you, okay? At the time, and by the way, I, I did actually see that episode of Game of Thrones, thanks to Brittany, because she had me caught up on some seasons. But, so I can make a connection there. And yes, it, I see the, like, sacrificial, like, all right, I got his girls and the, the big hype up that he put behind it and everything like that. But at the time, I was just thinking, like, you know, okay, maybe I saw it as, like, reckless gameplay that was still, like, strategic, but... Granted, his gameplay is not for me. It is a force to be reckoned with. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I have no idea where the hell Paulie came from, and I had no idea where the hell he's going. But I'm going to keep my eye on that boy. I can tell you that um, he's a competitor. Uh, he's a wild man when it comes to you know uh, unfolding strategies. And you know, I see what you're saying. I'll give him respect for his uh, for his uh, chaotic gameplay and the way it works to his advantage. It's not for me, but it, it definitely works for him, and uh, I commend him for that. I'll tell you where ah. he comes from. It's the streets of New Brunswick, New Jersey. That's for oh, damn sure. Get your bare from. knuckles ready. Let's go. <laughs> I got Tom Abbott and right Frank Costello right here for you whenever you're ready. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that bare knuckle thing, got, it got heated on this season, Scott. It got real heated. There's a lot of heat, and we haven't even seen well, – I don't even think we've seen close to half of it. You'll see. You want to know what I think happened in his hand? What's I think, that? I think, I think fucking Marie stomps a heel <laughs> in Kyle's hand and gets away with it. That is Let my prediction. Hey, I can't tell you what it was, Derek, Whoops. but here's what I can tell you. If that was what happened, if that is what would have happened, I would have been half as stressed out as I was with what did happen. This really is the mystery of the broken hand here, or the injured hand. Oh. So I want to see. I want to see some movie posters. I want to see people theorizing what happened to the hand. I know, and, and spare me the masturbation oh. jokes, okay? Because obviously oh, yeah. that's just spare a layup. That's just a layup. We don't need those. This is more serious than serious. that. We want some real deal horror movie posters here. I want somebody finding a shot because you claim there's a shot where they show the hand in the cast, or whatever. Someone's got to find yes. that. I know somebody will. Alan Laguerre sitting there with a magnifying glass and a stopwatch. He'll find that for us um all right let's get to some fun questions we got from people about your lengthy challenge career here um we got a fun blast from the past question from larry here do you still keep in touch with cameron from san diego because she's on tv on another show now southern charm so people have been talking about her a lot recently um do you still talk with her you guys had a bit of a history you know unfortunately i really don't um i can't remember the last time we touched base it was just a quick note whenever it was it wasn't recently um, but we follow each other on social media, and I did just learn a really good tip about adding white vinegar to any clothes that smell like mildew from her page. So, um, you know, other than grabbing re recent information off of her Instagram <laughs> where somebody responded to me, that's it. I know she's busy. She just had a baby. Um, you know, she's out in South Carolina, and she's still, built, she's still filming, you know, seasons while she's got a family. So, 
you know, I understand that lifestyle is completely different and uh, there's just not a whole lot of time these days. Um, this is a really fun question from our boy, Dave Woods. Shout to Dave Woods. Brad, at one point you were teaching. Were there any crazy stories of parents who wanted you, I mean, who watched the challenge and didn't want you to teach their child because they knew you were a reality star or moms that say were in love with you and requested that their kids have you because you were a reality star? And he is a teacher, by the way, Dave. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I will say shout out to my man, David, because he's out there doing God's work. Uh, I thought being a teacher was one of the biggest privileges I've ever experienced. Um, I did not have any negative um, feedback from parents or I've never had a parent not want their child in my classroom. I did teach my heart out, though. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I will say that the, on the positive side of that, you know, I remember one story specifically, I'll leave the name of the school out, um, just for security purposes or whatever. But, uh, I was at this one school where I was teaching third grade in the suburbs and, you know, like first graders would walk by where we were doing bus duty and they would like throw me high fives and be like, my dad said, hello. And the third grade teachers would just be tripped out. Like, why do all these kids know you? And why do they say hi to you? And it was because their parents knew me and it was from the shows And I'd even have little kids come up to me, young children, high-fiving you at bus duty when they're going home, even on Fridays and stuff. And they were just blown away that the kids would be excited to run up to a teacher and high-five them at the end of a Friday and say, my dad's excited. You know, like, it was just kind of like they still couldn't wrap their mind around it. And granted, I was years out of doing the shows when this stuff was still happening. I mean, I I had my master's in education. Um, I was working full time. So, you know, God, I was off the shows for like five years and I was kind of shocked it was still happening. I just thought of a TV show idea. So any challenge gods that are listening, you can steal this. It's (laughs) it's a it's a school where all the teachers are former reality stars. You got like Landon is like the gym teacher. You know, you can have Jemmy teaching health. Fine, you could be the gym teacher. (laughs) You know, we could have uh, we could have uh, Cameron teaching home ec. You know, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'll split it with Lando. We could do half and half on that. We'll we'll uh, I'll do driver's ed. I'll do driver's ed. Boom. D's driver's ed. Right. Mark Long could be history because he's in the book as well, so he can speak from experience. I think that would be a fun show. Let's do it. Yeah. I miss it. I'm all in, man. It was, it, honestly, it was it was like if it wasn't the best job that I've ever had, it definitely is tied with it. Um, it's it's an incredible opportunity to uh, to 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 really to shape lives, you know. And and it's it's uh, it's a blessing. And I got a lot of respect for all the teachers out there. You know, putting in those long hours, doing God's work. I got a lot of love and respect for him. Yeah, a lot of cool things uh, were happening this summer um, in that regard. Jemmy was putting some love out there for teachers, and a lot of listeners to this podcast and just followers of Jemmy were sending them school supplies. I think Dave Woods even got some. So don't stop that just because you don't see it. Tweet it every day. If you see or know a teacher who needs some supplies, get them to them. Send them to Trapper Keepers and the Crayons and all that good stuff. Uh, Maybe a Let's Go t-shirt from the ChallengeMania.shop. Here's a great question from our girl, Jessica Knight from up in Boston. She said she'd love to know what Brad thinks about the mercenaries being brought in for the second elimination. I don't think it's a second elimination. I think it might be the third, but and what you think of the format um, having the mercenaries come in now and take the place. Now, we this isn't a spoiler because we announced this on the episode. TJ revealed it. We don't know how it plays out. Yep. We don't know if they succeed, but we do know that just a couple of weeks in here, we're having some, uh, some mercenaries pop in. How do you look at the mercenary thing, especially knowing 
that they can now insert themselves into the game full time. Unfortunately, they came up with that twist after UD. I apologize. Uh, but, but maybe you're the reason, to be honest <laughs> with you. But so talk about that. Do you look at it like, oh, man, we've been here for weeks and now you just get to step in? Are you glad that they come in kind of early? Because if they came in way later, it'd be even more of a disadvantage. Talk about that. I'll keep it simple for you guys on this one. I do not think it's fair. I think they're at a major advantage coming into the game, not only in in, in better physical shape because they're able to stay on their diets and continue their training programs and things like that, but they're also in a better position uh, emotionally and, and, and psychologically because they're coming out of their home environment. They haven't been taunted. They haven't been, you know, uh, having people, you know, play pranks on them or make them believe they're going in only to find out they were being protected and, and whatever else. So it's like, you know, they're at an advantage there. Um, however, you'll see that it's not, there's going to be, there's going to be some, um, controversy involving that concept. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, life's not fair. So for me, it was like a chalk it up, like, yeah, that's not fair. And that sounds perfectly in line with everything else in life. So let's keep doing what we normally do. And that's hard work, you know? Yeah. Imagine how Cam feels. She just had this amazing plan. She gets the two teams she wanted to be in to go against each other. And then she finds out Jose and Devon don't Bam. have to go in because it landed on this, yeah. this twist week. And we get to end with that, that gorgeous smirk of Mr. TJ Lavin there. Um, well, Killa Cam will tell you. Killa Cam will tell you this herself. Every time Cam's going in or has anything to do with going in, that's when the mercenaries show up. It's true. I, I made the joke that she had never been on a season before, and it seemed like, you know, last year they had all these twists, and she had to keep going against mercenaries, and, and it's like, you know, she probably thinks this is just how the game is, and, and then just to mess with her again, they do it on her week this time. Sway has a question here. She says, the challenge has always been a mental game, but after having an absence from the challenge, how have you noticed how the mental gameplay has changed, and how much of it is due to social media? Do you prefer the game with or without social media input? And I don't know if she means by fans or the sort of continuous mental warfare you guys can have on and off screen throughout the year on social. But however you want to answer that. Ooh, I like both, and I'm going to tell you why. I think it's good for uh, the game to continue. Um, as the shows are airing and to have that interaction and to have the fans be able to share their opinions. I think that's just good all the way around. Um, not just for the show, but for the, sh- for the fans, for everybody, um, for the overall experience. I think it has changed and shaped the game. I think that it has, um, it has helped people maintain and, um, build, you know, relationships and, and in cases with some people, it's actually, um, you know, help the relate or, or it's it not helped, but it's digressed the relationships. People have had falling outs online as well. But I, I think that for the viewers to be able to voice their opinions and, and specifically to, um, uh, you know, displays of disappointment, uh, I think that is actually helping people with their own self-development. I think that back in the day without social media, people were held less accountable for their actions. And I think now they're, we're held to a strict, a more strict moral compass. And for me, that's a good thing. And maybe that's the teacher in me, but like, I think that, um, to have so much, and and it's overdone a lot of times. I'm not talking about the trolls and the people that are just out there, you know, trying to bring people down with negativity. But I think when there's a valid point and people take a, a valid approach, um, you know, a logical approach to, uh, criticism, I think that sometimes that can assist in self-development. And to me, that's a beautiful thing. Um, but then, you know, to just acknowledge the people that are out there that are constantly spreading negativity, uh, these accounts with no followers that just go out there and say this really mean, rude stuff. I mean, those people are just bad energy in my opinion, and they need to help themselves before they can help anybody around them. 
uh, or even be right with anybody around them. Uh, but as far as, you know, the social media, there's a lot of good, in my opinion, that's come from that. D, would you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. I've just succumbed to saying dumb shit all the time and like, you know, trying to make things like lighthearted. Like it's never like that serious unless you really want to beat each other's ass. You know, um, I don't know if he, he obviously Brad articulated it uh, a lot better, but, um, you know, I get some pretty good feedback for the most part. And, and I think, I feel like the challenge mania, the challenge, uh, maniacs, uh, our challenge fans, the people that protect us and support us, like really do a good job keeping us in, in a positive light. So like when people like Brad come on and tell us their story to tell the full story and they're like, no, I really wasn't like, I really, there's really a, a backstory behind like playing, you know, uh, you're putting Kara in, you know, or, 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 you know, talking about my kids in this instant, you know, or like, um, you know, making the suburb comment, like, come on, dude, there's so much more backstory to it. What you're and saying so is I, we're doing God's work over here with challenge mania. That's what you're know, saying. Brad, Without Brad, us, Brad it would be 140 God's characters and we give them about 90 minutes. <laughs> Brad was doing God's Amen. work. Dave was doing God's work. And if I'm Brad and these mercenaries get in the game, I'm going to be fucking pissed and probably, you know, ah, yeah. Well, Who's Derek, not? put your seatbelt on. The whole season gets wild, yeah. man. I'll tell you, this is a wild twist, but there's plenty more ahead and uh never a dull moment, my man. It's no. gonna be a, it's gonna be a rowdy one. Especially not for you, Brad. Especially not for you. A couple of tough mercenaries there with uh, Ashley and Hunter. Hunter's going to be one of our guests at Challenge Mania Live DC on October 13th. You can get tickets at ChallengeManiaDC.com. We'll get out of here on this question. I know you're going to like this one, D. This is from Taylor May, one of the competitors in our Challenge Mania Fantasy Football League, exclusive to patrons. If Brad went into the final elimination on Cutthroat instead of Tyler to face Derek, how do you both think that battle would have turned out? Derek, do you want me to start with this or do you want to take it? Uh, you can, you can, you can go ahead. No, here's what I'll say. I've got a lot of respect for Derek as a competitor. And, um, you know, I'm the type of man that works hard enough to where I would never say that anybody in this game across the board is going to beat me. They're going to have to beat me in order to say that. And, um, I, I think that what you would see is you'd see an incredible battle between, um, two great competitors. And I think you'd be, uh, you know, two guys that shake hands afterwards. I, I can't tell you what the outcome to that would be. Um, so is, all I can tell you is that um, I've got a lot of respect for Derek as a competitor, but I also know that I'm on top of my game and I've worked hard to get here and I've always worked as hard as I could. And, you know, um, you're going to see two guys leave it all on the field and, and, and someone's going to come out victorious. And, and, and you know, I, it, obviously believing in myself, I would go into it believing that's going to be me. Um, I know Derek's going to go into it believing it's going to be him. And I'm a humble enough man to say that I can't guarantee the outcome. And, 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 you know, we have to see what would happen. Yeah. To quote the great movie Dodgeball, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a question. D, do you have a better answer than that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I do. I think I do. I think the only way I would have beaten Brad in that final elimination that I lost at Tyler's is if they literally um, let us tear the chains off and use those poles as weapons to um, beat the shit out of each other. Um, and I, and, and I think that, um, we would both leave bloody and battered, um, and, and may not be able to perform the next day, but I still feel in Brad's most tip top shape. I'm walking away with the trash can. There you go. 
Two kids from the suburbs just duking it out. Brad, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us once again, brother. We appreciate yeah. it. And, you know, I meant it. You've been uh, you've been the star of these first five. I think Paulie's been up there, too. But, I mean, he's been doing it from afar, which is a credit to that because they gave him, like, a two-minute interview outside just yelling at the camera about what happened in the main house. And he's not right, even there. He's in the, in the, so he's, ma- he's made a dent in the game. But as far as the main house folks go, you really have been killing it, my friend. So try not to let Thanks, Kyle brother. go too crazy on you and go and make sure that other that other hand stays safe you want to keep that thing on ice i will i will yeah. man i appreciate you hey i appreciate you guys having me back on the show um feel free to reach out you know after a few more episodes and we'll see what we can get cooking yes yes hey by the way tony called me out the other day tony called me out um tony called me out and said hey d i'd like to go a couple Up against rounds. you just to see where i'm at yeah did you see that <laughs> where did you see that what do you mean, where did I see that, D? We all see everything. Stop acting like you just sit there minding your business on Instagram. Oh, my <laughs> God. That was, that, wasn't that so funny? Ah, I was dying. I almost liked it. And then I was like, I'm staying the fuck out of this. Hey, <laughs> but then he backed down. But then he backed down. He backed down. Come on, D. You know nobody wants none. D, I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of, of being your agent again like I did on the West episode. When somebody tweets at you like that on the, on the Instagram, Bubby, Bubby, don't giggle and say it's cute. Say, you really? You want some? And come back with, you want some? Is that all you got? I, Hit him with you, some of that, Bubby. Listen, you were talking about bare-knuckle bare bo- bare boxing before this, and those were one of the options. I asked him if he wanted, how did he want to do it? Was it with boxing gloves? Was it with MMA gloves? Did he want to go bare hands? And then I almost put slash knuckles, but I took, I kept the knuckles out. I actually deleted it and then rephrased it and left the knuckles out. So he didn't really think like, I, I wanted like, like really beat, you know what I mean? Like fight him with bare knuckles. Like that, that, that'd that be, you know what I mean? Like I don't need to, I mean, like, then he would think that I want to like, you know, like really fight him. But then I was like, then my, <laughs> Then my next message was like, uh, but you can pick your poison. You pick your poison. And um, was it pick your poison or pick your skull emoji? It was pick your poison, okay. skull emoji, uh, happy face. Oh. <laughs> Bobby, got to get rid of the happy face. Bobby. All right, Brad, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate your time. And uh, thank, keep, thank kick, you keep kicking ass out there, man. Thanks. All right, appreciate it, guys. Brad, thanks for getting, thanks, thanks for everything, man. Uh, talk soon, for sure. Los Angeles, California, we are coming to you for Challenge Mania Live. Saturday, September 22nd from the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Come thirsty because Susie Meister and Sarah Rice are our guests and they will be serving up some tea. Oh, we will definitely bring the tea. Wait, you guys don't call call it tea, you call it stew. This is California though, better be vegan. There's a pre-show meet and greet and a 90 plus minute live interactive stage show where you guys, the maniacs, and the Brainiacs will be part of the show. Personally, I just can't wait to make Derek super nervous and uncomfortable. It's my favorite hobby. Yeah, uh, there's a good chance that happens. Derek, he... uh... Scott, Derek knows we're coming, right? Actually, you know what? Don't tell him. 
That'd be even funnier. Challenge Mania Live, Saturday, September 22nd at the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Show starts at 6 p.m. Meet and greet starts at 4. This is one live show I promise you guys you do not want to miss. Tickets are available at challengemania.live, but they are going fast. I just love that Sarah gets to headline a comedy club 10 minutes from Johnny's house. Another fun podcast with Brad Friorenza. He's always a great guest. He's been involved in so much drama this season, but what's great about him is we can talk about it with with a little bit of a smirk and a wink. And, you know, as much serious life stuff he's gone through on screen this past season with Brittany and all that, I mean, that was a a pretty fun conversation we just had about the the Pauly thing and the suburbs and all the strategic moves and the bombs, as you say. So what would you think, Dee? Well, it's funny the 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 Pauly the Pauly rant. We finally got a, a dis- different perspective, you know, about Pauly and, and 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 everything going on and between him and, and and Kyle and you know the bare knuckle boxing and the suburbs and all that. Like, I'm glad we got so much like cleared up. You know what I mean? But uh, there was another uh, Pauly rant on this this past episode, which you know, once I watched the episode again, I, I really want to divulge into it in in the uh, Patreon podcast. So. Um, you know, I'm glad we got that one cleared up, but it sounds like we got another one, you know? Yeah, so, I don't think the uh, – spoiler alert. I don't think the Pauly rants are going to be ending anytime soon until his time on the show ends. Uh, he was heated to see Derek and Tori hit that redemption house. It's it's great. I mean, he, he knows how to do it. I mean, that's what happens when you're locked up for an entire summer on Big Brother. You know how to do a nice OTF interview straight to camera. Um, guys, we mentioned at the top, we're doing some really cool stuff over at the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash challengemania. D alluded to the bonus episode we're going to do this week where we break down this past episode of the final reckoning and never has an episode deserved its own podcast more than this past episode we had almost two eliminations we had the return of the mercenaries we had cam's expert game move that i think d you're gonna need to watch that thing with a notepad out to fully understand what she put together there we had sylvia with that expert performance i think she's getting her sag card that's the screen actors guild card in the mail this week for that um a lot of fun stuff in this episode we will get to all of it at patreon.com slash challenge mania We do a lot of fun stuff for patrons over there. It's a wonderful community of challenge maniacs. People have made friends over there. We consider everybody over there a friend. And we decided to put together, selfishly maybe, because I'm a huge fantasy football guy, a challenge mania patron-only fantasy football league. We want to tell you guys a little bit about it because we're so proud of how it came together so quickly. We had a ton of applications. Unfortunately, we could only do a 14-team league. But what's awesome about the patrons is we told people, hey, if you want to play by yourself, that's fine. Let us know. But if you're willing to share a team, let us know. And some of these people are folks that are friends that are partnering up and some are two patrons that didn't even know each other who are coming together for a good cause to share a fantasy team so next week we're doing the draft after the final reckoning uh we're going to turn the, the draft chat to a de facto little uh conversation about the episode d and i are sharing a team currently we're just called scott and d but without further ado here are the teams that are playing in our first ever patron only fantasy football league and hopefully this is the first of many Here are the teams. They're all Challenge Mania-related team names or Challenge-related team names, the owners of those teams, and also the charity they're playing for. 
every dollar going into this league will be given to the winning charity. So whatever team wins, the charity they've picked in sort of champs versus stars fashion, that charity will receive all the money. And the top three winners will also receive some prizes that we've donated in addition to giving the money to the charity. We're also going to donate some Challenge Mania prize packs to the winners. So first place, second place, third place, we'll get stuff ranging from Challenge Mania swag packs, t-shirts, appearances on the podcast, VIP meet and greet treatment at a Challenge Mania Live, lots of cool stuff. So this is fun all around and for a great cause. So D and I, right now our team is called Scott and D, and we're playing for Connor's Cure. Then we have Is That All You Got? The owner is Alex Rogers. I think Is That All You Got is an ode to what you said to Joss over in that famous elimination. He's playing for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We got our second team. We didn't burn $70 million, uh, to quote CT, and that's Danielle Robitelli, who is our quote gal, and Gigi Moreno, two OG patrons and challenge maniacs. They are coming together, and they are playing for the ALS Association. We have the golf cart kamikazes. That's an ode to, uh, to you and Brad, I believe. And that's Caleb C. He's playing for the Washington Trails Association. You're going to love this team name, D. We've got the Devil's Advocates. This is Mike Bongiovanni and Michelle Reyes, and they're playing for the Unidos Puerto Rico Disaster Relief Foundation. We have Ain't Nothing But a D Thing. I love that team name by Shuni Shaw, who on Twitter, of course, is the Princess of Pigskin. So nobody was ever more appropriate for this league than she was. She's playing for the Purple Rose Lupus Foundation. We've got 100 Question Howard, had to be in the league. His team name is 100 Question Winers, and uh, that is Howard Rudnick, of course. He's playing for the sub playing for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Punt, Pass, and Polydick. That is Joshua Watch and Sarah Lynn Fletcher coming together. They're playing for the National Childhood Obesity Foundation. The ninth team is Invasion of the Eagles slash Champs. That's obviously an ode to the Invasion of the Champs season, the challenge, and we know the current champs of the NFL are, of course, Stephanie Severino's hometown Philadelphia Eagles. Stephanie's playing for Autism Speaks. Banana Backpack. That is Adam Menzel. He's playing for Toys of Hope. Brad Asses. Now, this is a couple heavy hitters, folks. Derek Hutek and Johnny Callahan coming together and playing for St. Jude's Children's Hospital as well. We got two teams playing for them. Lando's Commandos, who is Paul Butler, and he's playing for Smile Train. Polish Pitbulls is Taylor May. He got a question in this episode as well. And uh, and he's also getting his announcement and shout out here for the Challenge uh, Mania Fantasy Football League. Doing double duty. Way to go, Taylor. And he's playing for Look Up for Adam Foundation. And then, of course, me and D, as I mentioned, playing for Connor's Cure. Those are the 14 teams playing in this league. If that doesn't make you want to be a patron, I don't know what does. Applications are closed. We're sorry to everybody who applied who couldn't get in. We tried to fit in as many people as possible. But the, up, the outpouring of interest from you guys was amazing. And we'll hopefully be able to keep this going every year d have you been researching fantasy football because i mean i don't think you're going to put all this on me right we're going to be drafting together we're going to be running this team together this isn't going to be like a 80 20 percent kind of deal i want your input and i you better know your stuff i don't want you coming in saying all oh, this draft alan robinson in the first round because he's on the bears listen i i already sent you uh my, my assistant my my son Yes, you did. We already sent you our top picks, so we're already ready. Okay, and some good picks. Some of them are good. I'm not gonna say what they are. Some of them are good. And and for all the patrons out there, don't tell Scott. But I I I will be rooting for. I love all the names, but I'll be rooting for. Is that all you got? And the Devil's Advocates. I love the golf carts, and 
but but don't tell Scott. I'll, I'm rooting for for a couple of you guys. That's the rest fine. of you guys, that's the rest fine. you guys are going down. Uh, uh, all the all the other guys. They, I'll be rooting the, for us, but that's asses. okay. You're new to fantasy football. You don't know how it works. You're supposed to primarily be rooting for your own team, yeah. but it's um, okay. It's all it's all talk. good. Ain't nothing but a D thing, guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys that's so much. If you like this episode, let Brad know as always. He's at Brad Friarenza. Let us know at Shot of Jaeger on Twitter, at Scott of Jaeger on Instagram. He's at Derek MTV on all platforms. Remember, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash challenge mania podcast we hope to see you at an event near you we're coming to the west coast challenge mania live la slash orange county brea improv september 22nd Susie meister sarah rice sarah grace and more to be announced tickets at challenge the next week we will be in boston we will be joined by cara maria devin walker and cousin jamie at the howl at the moon and you can get tickets for that at challenge that's september 29th and last but not least it'll be me d and hunter barfield and who knows who else in the nation's capital on October 13th. That is at the DC Improv tickets at challengemaniadc.com. And we don't ever leave out the Big Apple. That's right. We're going to try to do a lot of these before this season is done. The next one will be on September 4th. And I'm, of course, talking about a free viewing party of the Final Reckoning, 8 to 11 p.m. East End Bar and Grill on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Myself, Emily Longaretta, and our special guest, Ooh, our special guest from Real World Brooklyn and a Challenge alum as well, the matchmaker herself, Miss Devin Simone. Just make sure you're RSVP, folks. That is ChallengeManiaPodcast at gmail.com. It is 100% free. It's a thank you to the great Challenge fans and community here in New York City. Come hang out and watch the show with us. We keep the sound on for the whole thing. Food and drink specials, trivia, merchandise, the whole nine. Can't wait to see you guys there. D, I'll give you the last word as always, or at least sometimes. Get us out of here. Yeah, the uh, the Lando Commandos and uh, the Brad Asses. You can't root uh, for every team. We're not. I'm telling. We're coming after them. Coming after them. Yeah, okay, good. That's who we're coming after. Q Tech okay? Callahan, you watch your asses. That's right. And you know yeah. who's gonna be at the Bray Improv this weekend is the way the uh, Sean Wayans from the Wayans Brothers. Yep. Do you believe that? I can't believe we're like doing this stuff at the these types of world-renowned comedy clubs, man, where these really, really famous people are going and. Dude, that's awesome. We're going to be there in like a month, like a month later. That's going to be us. Yeah, from the Waynes Brothers to the Maines Brothers. That's Mains? us. You know, like Mania, I tried. It was it was like a last-minute spontaneous thing. Come on. Yeah, it's close. I like it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll work fine. on my material no, no, before we take the, uh, the stage at the Bray Improv. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to Brad for being candid as always. Let's put a bow on this one. Have a good one, guys. Brad asses. Got to vote for – you got to root for us, D. I'm not rooting for the brat asses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, unfortunately for you, this thing just out here on Challenge Mania. So uh, take care of yourself, and I hope to see you in the future. You've worked so hard for all the things you have. The salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink. One to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives. Talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview.